Hey there, welcome to Honey, I'm Homemaking. We are your hosts, April Allen and Alexa Colby, and we are so excited you're here. We are just two best friends from college who have the goal of inspiring you to love the job of homemaking in any stage of life you're in. So put on some mascara, grab your muck boots, and pour yourself something lovely while we cultivate homemaking together. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homemaking, where we are inspiring you to love the job of homemaking in any stage of life you are in. I'm your co-host, Alexa Colby, and I have my other co-host, April Allen, here. And we're going to be jumping right into it. We're going to, we're still in the frugality portion season, right? Yep. This is our last active episode of a certain topic. And then next week, we will kind of do a full recap of everything that we've kind of talked about. And then we'll be moving on to the next season. Yeah, we said before, and I can't remember which one that we said we had four left, but we had to decrease it because we really want to get into our next season. So that we will be announcing next week. So, which is going to be really fun. It's and a holiday honestly, one. A lot of our topics we kind of already touched on. So it's not that you guys are missing total topics. It's just we've already kind of talked about them. We don't want to be redundant and make a whole nother topic about something that we've already kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. So you guys aren't missing anything. There's not anything that we're choosing not to share. Um, it's just that it makes more sense to kind of wrap it up, move on to something a little more. I feel like seasons can get really dragged out too and you people lose interest. So let's get to the point, girl. Yeah. <laughs> How many times an episode do I say that? All right, Lex, bring it back. I know. Or, All right. excuse me, Lex goes, I'm down a rabbit hole. Help. I don't know how to get out. <laughs> I'm not trying to get out. I live there. I'm just trying to make it more comfy. <laughs> trying to make it more comfy for everyone else. Oh my gosh. If you awesome. guys hear me chewing, I'm sorry. I got to eat. I'm shoving my face too. So, <laughs> my this bad. baby is depleting everything energy of me. So, I need to figure I don't something have a- out. I don't have a baby. I'm just hungry. Oh, oh. baby. <laughs> hey, I am the baby. I get to take care of myself too, right? Mm-hmm. See, perfect transition. So what? To our topic. Did you already tell them what we're talking about? No, not yet. Are we just talking about emotional capacity or are we also doing? Let's start oh. with emotional capacity because I feel like I could really... I could really do some damage here, and if we say we're going to talk about online online uh, consumption too, and then I talk for two hours about this heated topic <laughs> of mine, um, they're going to be like, you never talked about it. So I feel like we should start out with just emotional capacity. Well, I That's feel like my about. emotional capacity does have to do with online. So I think you can bring it into it. Yeah. But I anyways. I don't think there's any boundaries. There's no lines. There's no... You can't talk about this. Free yourself. Well, I think everybody's emotional capacity is different because we all live different lives. You know, we all we all have different things going on. We were born into different families. Maybe some don't really have families that they talk to. Different brain with. chemistries. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to go with this? Um, mm. We are starting <laughs> out with the definition of emotional capacity. Lex, go. I ordered her to Google it. This is what (laughs) Google says. A measure of your ability to overcome limiting beliefs, your ease in adapting to challenging situations, and the quality of your relationships. 
That no is matter not how what I was expecting. Neither I'm sorry, was I. continue. Well, it depends on emotional capacity, I think. There's another one. Having low EI means that a, which is emotional. What? Intelligence. That's emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. That's different. We don't. What does it, but it says, what does it mean to have, not have emotional capacity? Never mind. I like the first definition. Go to, go okay. to the first definition. That one blew my mind a little bit. Well, hold on. And let me finish then. Well, no matter how talented, disciplined, or values-driven you are, if you don't have high emotional capacity, you'll fall short of your goals eventually. I don't agree with that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like it anymore. I like the so, first half of it. No. Well, I think with emotional capacity, I think everyone has a different level of emotional capacity. And if you're very sensitive too many things you may not be able to handle a lot does that make sense so i feel like we're talking about emotional capacity within like for ourselves and you and i are both very goal-driven people so we can handle a lot whereas i know i can tell you right now i know of a few people in my life that i could name off the back that it, they don't have a high emotional capacity it doesn't make them a bad person it just means that they can't handle a lot at one time, you know? I think it'd be, it, it kind of brought something up of like, I want to maybe later on in the podcast, after we kind of talk about some other things, is how to increase emotional capacity if possible. Yeah. Like how we've done it for ourselves, because I don't know the psychology, I'm not a therapist, but how I've specifically done it for myself may be helpful. You know, yep. <laughs> she's chewing, y'all. I'm all starving. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. That's all right. You know, I'm taking over this podcast anyway today. That's why I'm, I'm very emotional about this. <laughs> yeah, she's just taking a back it's seat. Kinda, it's kind of like watching a movie. I feel like I'm like attached to one of those headsets in a movie theater where I'm just gonna like. <laughs> Walking around a museum where someone. I'm gonna like, pretend tells you my Stanley them. water isn't icy. Like, I like it. I like it. All right, do me a favor and read the first, like, bit. Other than the part that I didn't like about the definition, um, <laughs> we'll talk about that part after, because I don't think that emotional capacity keeps you from your goals. I'm just gonna put this out there now. I think emotional capacity changes the way that you go about your goals because i think a lot of people push it up like oh you have to like go through like the fire and like feel like crap in order to achieve your goals and like yeah sometimes you have to work really hard but that doesn't mean that you beat up on yourself or it keeps you from your goals yeah or you know i think a lot of people are always looking for that uh you know the rags to riches stories and that's not everybody's story. You don't have to absolutely hate your life in order to become successful. <laughs> you, don't you don't have, have to, to be... deplete yourself yeah. You don't have to be so low. Sometimes, it's like, unfortunately, we get there, but... It's not intentional, though. Mm -mm. No. And it's not necessary. You can take care of yourself and still push yourself at the same time. Yeah. I would, I agree with that a lot because like a lot of times I'm like, that's why I felt for so long my story didn't matter was because I don't have a rags to riches story. 
I mean, you're not struggling enough. I didn't have rags. Yeah, <laughs> you're not struggling enough. You um, aren't. You aren't beaten down enough to have it be a good enough story. No, you don't and, have to fit someone else's ideal of what the story looks like. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not raising my daughter in a situation, or my daughters, I should say, in a situation where they will get that low. Now, sometimes things do happen to us in our life, but what I, what I'm kind of thinking of more is like, oh, I came from like a super poor, I mean, my, my parents didn't have a lot of money, but we weren't like on the streets, you know, but, but also you can, I don't know. I don't want it to like totally be converted over to like, oh, I didn't have money. So that like, mm-hmm. and that com- like made a, was made a part of it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can have money and still be, have very low emotional capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, you can hate your life and be rich. Like mm-hmm. there's plenty of those stories of like, yeah, I had all this money, but I still like was so depressed. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. Like there's millionaires that kill themselves. Like it's, yeah. I want, I don't know. But I think That's it's also story. how you're raised to and like what is fed to you and not physically fed, but like emotionally fed to you. And I'm not raising my daughters in a area, like in a home where they're emotionally going to be drained. So pretty much what I'm saying is, is that my daughters will have a story and they'll be able to do big things one day, but they may not have like a rags to riches story, you know, but we're, I'm, I think that some mainly on this, but I'm going to jump into something real quick. Okay. And I feel like we'll be able to really talk about this is I think, and this is something you can't control as the child, as the child that is being raised, you cannot control your family, your community, your village of being good stewards and teaching you how to deal with things that are emotionally hard. Like you're, you're handed what you're handed as a kid, as you grow up, some people aren't able to deal with a lot of things emotionally because they weren't taught how to deal with Mm -hmm. things that are emotionally hard. So wherever your starting point is, I believe is a lot of how your upbringing was. If you had no parental figure in your life that knew how to deal with emotions and taught you well and intentionally, some people do the best that they possibly can, but wherever you start from is where you start from. And you have to be intentional about understanding your own capacity in order to be successful emotionally. Like sometimes I am not successful emotionally because certain things punch me in the face and I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this other than eat carbs and watch YouTube, right? And that's not a super healthy thing, but I'm, I'm working on doing other things to deal with the emotional <laughs> struggle. <laughs> that's it's just but I started with some parts of me are extremely have a really high emotional capacity but I also understand that I can only like withstand that for a certain amount of time so I can have a really high emotional capacity for about three days and then I crumble into a pit of self-doubt and insecurity because but that's the way I was raised I was raised get through it deal with it in the moment and then deal with the consequences after 
And then, but it, I wasn't really taught how to take care of myself while dealing with something that's really hard so that I don't fall into like a deep, deep depression and my cycle of depression and anxiety. So like where you start, you can't really help, but you can help where you go from there. Yeah. Go I agree with that. Well, I mean, you wanted me to read it again and I said all that. So I'm going to read it again. So mm -hmm. emotional capacity is a measure of your ability to overcome limiting beliefs, your ease in adapting to challenging situations and the quality of your relationships. I love that. Can I get that tattooed on my body? I guess. The, wait, the, I, I won't. <laughs> but the, the, your ability to overcome limiting beliefs. Whoa. Just whoa. I think that is a phenomenal explanation of like emotional strength, emotional, I would say more emotional strength than capacity. Because where my brain goes with that is like emotional capacity for me, my personal definition would more be like, I know what I can handle and I know what I can't. And I'm in the process of training my body or my brain to handle more, but being graceful with myself that if I go past my limits, it's not good for anyone. But those limiting beliefs are so internal and that can definitely affect your emotional capacity because if you're internally talking crap about yourself all the time, it's not going to lead to a lot of strength of dealing with external stuff. Well, when I think of this whole overcoming limiting beliefs, like your emotional capacity. Like I would say that over the years, my emotional capacity has grown <laughs> because I used to really be a huge person in like that imposter syndrome really took over a lot. Mm -hmm. And even not even just like with a business aspect, but also within like my own life of paying things off or getting a better job or whatever. Uh, becoming a mom, you know, and that's what it means. Like the measure of your ability to overcome limiting beliefs. I believe our emotional capacity can either. In you okay over there? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> you know what they don't tell you about pregnancy is one of your symptoms is literally belching. <laughs> I just, I burp all day. Anyways, um, the measure of your ability to overcome limiting beliefs. I believe our emotional capacity, depending upon how we approach situations in our lives, it can either decrease or increase. And if we like with, and like we need to get stronger within who we are, who God is. And if we choose to go the other route and keep hiding or keep putting ourselves around people who are negative or rude or take advantage of us, our emotional capacity may not grow. It may decrease because we can't handle that much because we're, you see what the trend is? Like when you're making steps to, how do you overcome those limiting beliefs? 
part of the way you do that is you just kind of work through it. And instead of like, if I was to make a video of myself, I used to be really hard on myself and say, oh my gosh, you're like, you need to lose weight. But changing that mindset of how you view yourself and you're like, oh, look at, I did it. Like I made it. I made the video. Or maybe you're not trying to be an entrepreneur online and you are, this is all goes back to like trusting yourself and distrusting yourself too. Like maybe you're trying to pay something off. Like we're talking about with being frugal, you know, instead of going and buying food out one day, you take that extra, that money that you would spend on eating out and you would put it more towards what you owe on a credit card. And I know this sounds like really strange, but these little acts that we do for ourselves every day can either help increase that emotional capacity or decrease it because we're making decisions that affect our life in general. Or as we were talking earlier about friends and stuff, like are you going to keep choosing to be around somebody who is hurting you? you know? So I just want to like summarize what you're saying to make sure yeah. that I am comprehending it. Um, I think what you are saying is that in order to have a higher emotional capacity, or if you're working towards it currently, a higher level, is that what you choose to have either in your life or your actions can either promote higher, they can either give to you or they can drain from you. Exactly. And being intentional about that. So if you're trying, to, and specifically you mentioned being able to trust yourself and think highly of yourself. Because I think when you don't trust yourself, you don't think very highly of yourself because you think you're, you are untrustworthy and that you don't deserve to have nice things, feel good about yourself, all those kind of things. Um, so each action and or the environment that you're in can either lead to an improvement in emotional capacity or a decrease. Yeah. And you have to be aware of that for yourself. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, I, like I it. mean, there's, there's literal decisions that we can make and it's sometimes hard to get out of it and you don't even know you're in it. So like if you're 100%. in an abusive relationship, let's just say with your parents, you know, and you're older, you're old enough to move out. If you're keep getting that emotional abuse from them, you know, let's just say emotional abuse. I don't want to get into physical right now, but let's just say you're getting into that emotional abuse aspect of things and you keep hearing from them day after day, like every, like their decisions affect you and they hurt you. And I only bring up this example because I know somebody and who has gone through this, that you start to watch said person who is experiencing this abuse. Hold on. I'm getting a drink. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Alexa Colby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, I hated Starbucks before I got pregnant this time around. I like this. Bring it back. It, Bring it back. Sorry. Bring okay. it back. Sorry. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and their emotional capacity became less and less because you could see that in the way that they would want to hang out with you. 
And what I mean is that they didn't want to leave their safe place, which was quote unquote their room anymore. Mm. Because they were experiencing that emotional abuse. They were around people that weren't growing them, that weren't inhibiting them. And so they start to decrease in everything. They decrease in the social aspect of life. Um, When it came to work, they weren't showing up. They weren't getting there on time, stuff like that. They were gaining weight because they weren't eating. They were eating whatever they could because their parents didn't take care of them in that way. And the person is now out of this situation and doing better and thriving, but their emotional capacity, it's been taken longer to open up. So what I'm saying is, is that if you're in a situation of life specifically around people or that are not good for you and or that are, you know, because I feel like people are a huge influence when it comes to our emotional capacity, mm-hmm. that it can either increase it or decrease it. And the only way that your emotional capacity is going to increase is if you're not in those situations that are pretty much negative is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though somebody is your husband, but they're still not doing well financially within the home and they're making bad, poor financial decisions that are affecting you and they're making decisions that hurt you, your emotional capacity is decreasing and people around you are going to see that. Mm -hmm. But you yourself may not even see it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So your ease in adapting to challenging situations. So if you have a low emotional capacity, then you can't take on challenge. Any challenge is like any challenge. It is. And I'm not even like mountain is probably we're talking about a treacherous mountain. We're talking about high anxiety. You can't cope. You can't handle things. You can't be around people. You start lashing out on people. And then the last one, the quality of your relationships. I mean, it affects everyone around you, including the relationship with the person who's staring back at you in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So you start tearing yourself down. I mean, we were just talking about someone before this earlier, and this is exactly the kind of situation that they're in. That this is why they act the way that they do. They don't have a large emotional capacity for me to bring up something that's bothering me. And you mm-hmm. can tell. Mm-hmm by the way they respond to things. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. going to let you talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I see you thinking. I Oh my gosh, so much thinking. <laughs> um, yes. So I, I agree with all of those things and all of your points. And I think you're wonderful. Um, and I, I want to bring up the topic of being aware of your emotional capacity and taking inventory because some of the things that drain us, we can't control. Mm -hmm. Like if you absolutely hate your job or you're in a relationship and your husband and you are working towards a better relationship, but your partner is still draining you at that moment, you need to make sure that you have enough emotional capacity in order to get through the day and not 
absolutely deplete yourself and be giving and giving and giving past what you actually can give where it doesn't create resentful resentful situations and stuff like that so if you wake up in the morning and you're like my anxiety is already really freaking high i am still carrying things from the day before and today is not a good day to do a b and c and a b and c could be all right my job is my job is going to take up at least 50% of my emotional capacity today because I deal with high schoolers in in adult pants and but I cannot quit because I have to pay my bills. I can't I don't have another gig lined up. And then on top of that you have children that you have to give some type of emotional capacity to because they're living growing human beings. If that leaves you with 20%, be intentional about that 20%. Give you give the twenty percent to either something that is really really important, or save it for yourself. Like you can say, "Honey, I love you, and I know we're working on our marriage right now, but today I don't have the emotional capacity to talk about something that happened three months ago and to work on that. Mm-hmm. Can we please bring it up tomorrow? Can we can we plan?" to do it on a Sunday because I know on Sundays I have a more emotional capacity because I don't go to work because the kids are with their grandchildren or grand <laughs> grandparents <laughs> that day. So I know that I'll have more time to be intentional about it. Taking inventory and scheduling out things that take a lot of emotional capacity mm-hmm. is a huge way to increase your emotional capacity because you're no longer draining yourself past a hundred percent. Yeah. That makes and sense. I think that, yeah, I think it, when I was listening to you and I was, I was thinking about how even when a good girlfriend calls and they want to talk about something that bothered them that day, don't take, like, just say, I can't talk about this right now. I'm sorry. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, we do this all the time with us, you know, you'll, I'll say do like, Hey, do you want a podcast? Yeah. Do you want a podcast this weekend? No. No, actually, I can't. I, I've that I happens that a lot. Recently. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we didn't post a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we. But two we weeks to, ago from I this mean, video. like we're we're trying to be better at posting on here, but at the end of the day, we. This is just. This yeah. is our little thing that we're doing together, and we only have so much emotional, to deal with, and you have. I feel like you have less emotional capacity than I do because you work full time and you have to drive for so long. Rather with me, I don't have to worry about that so much. And so if I'm having an off day, I can go take a nap with my daughter for two hours. If you have I more flexibility to. within yes. your schedule. I'm not saying you have less capacity. I shouldn't say it like that. I think your tank is more full than mine is. If that makes yeah. sense. You, I so, think you have more opportunities to recharge yourself empty. throughout the day. Your tank is more empty than mine is. Yes. There it is. I think you have more more opportunities to recharge yourself throughout the day yes. than I do. Yes. I, I can't go. Well, I've done it before where I went into my car and took a 15-minute nap on my lunch break. But, like, I don't have as much of that. If I'm in a meeting, I can't just leave the meeting and say, well, I'm out. Homies. If you're having an emotionally hard day. 15 minutes is probably not enough. So true. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I what can all this to say day. is that everyone's every like 
your emotional capacity, you know what it is, depending upon your life and what situation you are in. Mm -hmm. And you have to define that for yourself. You know, sometimes with our kids, we're being drained more. Well, I mean, to be honest, like, (laughs) sometimes I think, you know, you've got like in the past, we've all done it. I know we have. Okay. You've gone over to that person's house and it's messy. And you're like, can you just pick up? But you don't think about how, what they've been through, through that week. You don't Mm -hmm. understand that they've had to work a full-time job. Plus their husband was away at work for a few days. Therefore they had to take the kids to every single event that they had going on. There was a potluck at church and so the, I guess that wh- how are we being frugal with our emotional capacity and frugality? I think we need to be frugal with uh, like gentle with ourselves, but also gentle with others. Cause we have no idea first off what that person has gone through in their past and how they're able to handle things. And two, like we don't know what they went through that day or that week, you know, <laughs> go ahead. I'm raising my hand and cause oh. y'all can't see me. Um, <laughs> I think that that is the definition of a relationship that builds your emotional capacity instead of tearing it down. One, we talked about that you can openly say, do you have capacity for me to complain to you right now? Because yeah. sometimes the answers and the the freedom and kindness to say no. Like you have the ability to say, I can't listen to it right now. I love you so much, but right now it's not great. So you need that permission. Uh, My mother and I call it um, emotional permission or like spiritual, spiritual consent is what we call it. Uh, I have spiritual consent with you to say, I am not able to handle your venting session right now. Um, Can we do it another time? And we ask permission before we just dump all of our emotional troubles on someone because you don't know where they're at in that exact moment. You check in with that person first. And then on like, I feel like that's level one of like a friendship that builds up your emotional capacity. And then level two is when you can give emotional capacity to someone. You Mm -hmm. know that person well enough to say, hey, I know that if I do this, this, and this, this will help this person have more emotional capacity you Mm -hmm. all I can do right now for you is talk to you for an hour before we podcast so that you can have someone to vent to because I know you in specific that you don't have a lot of people in your life that you can actually vent to so I save up my emotional capacity before we podcast because I know and I've told Lexis multiple times, this is a season in her life where she's going to vent a lot more than usual. She's pregnant. She's hormonal. She's got a lot <laughs> on her plate right now. So I, I hold back some of my emotional capacity so that I can give it to her because I know that in the future she'll give it back to me. And I feel yeah. like that is, an, um, that is a relationship if that you builds let emotional capacity. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um <laughs> Most of the time, I just say, Lex, I'm fine. I'm fine. 
But she just well, saves it up for all when she sees me in person and she ties me down to the chair and makes me talk about my emotions. Well, and then, I do I do text you throughout the week. I'm like, hey, can you talk right now? And you'll be like, no. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> True. She's She gives me emotional support by being there and accepting yeah. me for who I am that yeah. I will rarely talk about my stuff. And she's yeah. just there. She doesn't yeah. say, April. Oh my gosh, will you just tell me? Like she waits for me to say something and she just kindly like she did this earlier and I wanted to punch her in the face where she was just like, So like you okay? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, just just talk. Just just talk. Because she knows <laughs> if I start, then I'll eventually get to the thing that's actually bothering me. But she doesn't say like you need to start with the thing that bothers you. She allows me to talk and then get into it. And like that is emotional well-being between two friendships that we know each other enough on how to actually give more emotional capacity to someone versus draining it. Because I well, feel like you... in our society, everybody drains everybody's crap and yeah. they're very selfish with emotional capacity. And it's it's horrible to be honest. Well, one, I don't think a lot of people just recognize that like oh, how do I put this? I don't even. We all have, like, I mean, I'm, I'm just repeating myself now, but we have to start learning. And this is not us being sensitive. This is not us saying that you need to be, I mean, we do want to be sensitive, but you know, that new, like everybody gets a participation trophy you know that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing this is not this the conversation is not that we don't want to like oh well everybody's like heard like you know treading waters now it's just more of I used to be the friend that and I told people I'm like if you ever got a problem you can call me and I am that friend I am that friend but I will tell you right now with having a kid it has changed my perspective on things of, yes, you can call me, but maybe just ask where I'm at at the moment before you just lay it on me because I'm too emotional right now to even like to handle anything else. And if I have your problems, regardless of how much we say we don't or we don't want to, our friends' problems actually can be our problems if we let them. Because we love that person so much. And I also used to be the person that I would just call up and just vomit my entire life onto people. And over the past few years, I've just kind of been like, no, hey, I have something that I'm like, I'll send a text like, I'm going through something right now. I know you've said that I can reach out to you. Is there any way that I can talk to you right now? And it sounds like it's taking an extra step and you should just be able to go and tell your friends everything. But if you truly know your friends and you truly know like the state of life that they're in and what they're going through, then you should be able to understand that. I'm going to tell you right now, I got somebody in my life who is facing infertility very bad. I don't talk to her a lot. Because her emotional capacity to just wake up and live every day is so freaking slim. Mm. She can't handle it. And you're not and talking to her out of like 
like you can't deal with her. It's actually no. a gift. Yes. To her. Like I she'll she'll be like, I'm sorry I haven't reached out. I know you haven't heard from me. No, that's fine. And I'm sorry I haven't reached out, but I don't want to keep pushing you because yeah. I know what you're going through is very hard. And I don't even have to know if you're going through something right now. I don't even have to know if you've had another miscarriage. I don't even have to know if you, if the doctors told you bad news, I just know that you're going through it mm -hmm. and I'm just going to give you that time. And I'm not going to mm -hmm. put my problems on you. It doesn't matter if this person is your best friend or not. We have to start understanding our emotional capacity. We also have to also start just taking care of the emotional capacity of the people around us. Because as we get more into this new age of things and people start, I mean, the infertility topic is a huge topic mm -hmm. and it's unfortunately something more and more people are facing to this day for reasons mm -hmm. that we don't know. We have, I could predict anybody can predict, but we don't know. Okay. And it's just, there's just a lot more going on. There's a lot more health problems now. I mean, the amount of people around me who've had family members or friends or even people in my life who have dropped dead from heart attacks, like, is insane right now. There's just a lot. There's things going over in other countries right now with wars. None of us know how each of us are handling everything right now. And so it's just that extra step to say, can I'm going through something can you handle this right now and talk me through it? And then it's also if somebody is coming to you and they're saying blah, 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 about their life, you just say, put your hand up and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love you, but I cannot, I, I will not be a good per friend for you right now if you keep putting this on me. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing with being frugal with our emotional capacity your feelings do matter. Your everyday matters. Your, because if you, if I give, I'm talking a lot now. Sorry, I'll let you talk. No, I love, it. I love it. I love it. I love it. If I, my, we've been over this. My husband's gone, yada, yada. At the end of the two weeks when he's gone, that, though, that's, that's this week. That's mm -hmm. this week coming up. Mm-hmm. That capacity I have is very slim, very slim. I don't have the ability to listen to a lot of people vent about things, complain about things, whine about things. I know that sounds really mean, but I don't have the capacity to do it. So obviously if it's a dear friend and something really bad is going on, that's different. But we do have those people in our lives who bitch and moan about everything. And so, and don't want to change anything and don't want to change that drains me like no tomorrow. Yeah. If you complain about something that you have complained about six years in a row in our friendship and you refuse to take steps to change it and I'm giving you advice and you choose not to take it. I'm not telling you that I'm the Messiah and I'm going to fix all your issues, but at least try something. Because I will completely tell you to shut up unless you plan on doing something about it because you are simply draining me to make yourself feel better. And that is selfish. Well, and I think a lot, I, 
I agree with that because I got really close to the camera there. I and know I was you like did. out of like <laughs> I was really passionate. You were really loud. I was like, right up. <laughs> I was like this and needs this to is be not said. because we don't love these people. It's because we do love these people and we're tired of seeing them run into the same brick wall over and, and over again. It's literally like watching what is that animal that like literally if you don't isn't there an animal out there that like can't see that just keeps like hitting things and doesn't understand? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of a cartoon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Roadrunner. The <laughs> I don't know. Coyote or whatever that keeps. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's something. But I mean, it's just. And that's not because people don't love you. It's because they do love you and they're tired of seeing you just, it's like literally throwing yourself in the fire all the time and just getting burned. Like, and that, in how many specific, times? that in specific is why, what I mean by being selfish only because you are using your friend as a trash can. Things in your life that you don't like, you are just constantly throwing your crap into that bin and that is your friend Mm -hmm. be kind to your friend just as much as you're being kind to yourself there's i'm really really passionate about taking control of your own self and that it is not anyone else's responsibility to take care of your emotions unless Mm -hmm. you are a child and you are learning how to take care of your own emotions, and then your parent is responsible for helping you to do that, that is a totally different situation. That would be the only situation. Or someone with a developmental disability. I have helped people try and cope with emotions because they are at a lesser capacity to do so on their own, and they may never get to a capacity where they can. That is a totally different situation. Yeah, but. that's all That's all different. But yeah. I guess the best advice I was ever given was when you start taking accountability for everything in your life. Yes. That's when things start changing. And you that even change means... change the verbiage for, that helps with that. Yeah. And even that means for... I know this is going to sound backwards, but even for the things other people do to you. That's what I mean. If, yeah. Even though it's not your fault, if you just say, you know what? this person was in my life for a time and you just say, I won't, I won't let's, and it's not saying sitting there being the victim saying, Oh, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. No, just uh-huh. saying, I'm just never going to let a person like that in my life again, or I'm just never going to let anybody do that to me again. Or I'm just not, if somebody starts to talk to me in that manner, then I'm just going to step away from the situation. My husband's really good at this. I wish so I was my boyfriend. It's, I think I it's a man to, thing. Oh God. He's so good. If he doesn't like what you're saying, he'll literally just get up and walk away. And that's not to be like rude. Like if you're being mean to him, he'll just be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You won't say anything. He won't retract. And I'm like, well, you listen here. <laughs> I know. Like he's the spicy one. That's like, it, cause anyone, or I go and cry. <laughs> anyone were to, well, you would cry afterwards. If anyone came after anyone that lacks loves, like get ready. <laughs> there is a tsunami coming and then she'll cry after, but like, she she loses all capacity to control herself and she will make you want to cry. <laughs> you act like I'm Alaska. so mean. No, I'm not. I just feel like I think that's a phenomenal trait. I don't <laughs> think that is a bad trait. I think that is a trait that a lot of people don't have anymore of this is this is my person. They are yeah. in my inner circle and I will die for them. 
Yeah. Because everyone thinks that everyone needs to be part of everyone's inner circle and you can't leave anyone out. I'm like, bull crap. That person mm -hmm. is not thinking of me the way that I give to them. Mm -hmm. That person is not as intentional with me as I am intentional with them. There's different levels of friendship. There's people I'm acquainted with and then there's people I die for. Yeah. And that's not no cliche thing. That is if there is a bullet, I will step ahead of it. Yeah. And I think and there's a difference. That's a good segue into this next portion of emotional capacity that I want to talk about. And it's with not even just friends, but people in your life that for a reason, whether that's you married into the family or they're your own grandparents or, you know, people in your life that you have in your life because of certain reasons. X, Y, Z. Yeah. You don't have to hmm. boundaries are really good. They're really good. They're really needed. Your emotional capacity to handle somebody. If I know I'm going into a situation where, you know, I don't feel comfortable, I'll have a conversation with my husband and I'll say, okay, just remember our daughter goes to bed at eight 30. I don't want to stay for too long. And if anything is said that I don't feel comfortable with, I am leaving. And you can either walk home or you can come with me. <laughs> just kidding. No, can I, can I jump in with one thing? Because you yeah, just, your you just touched. <laughs> I know because you just touched on something that is phenomenal. And I just thought of it. What's that? Have a friend to or partner or someone in your life to help you with your emotional capacity. Yes. Yep. Like, like have that partnership of, hey, I want to keep myself accountable so that I don't drain myself so that me and you, because if you didn't do that and you allowed certain people to drain you and then you go home and try and spend time with your husband that you only get one a week out of a month with and you're frustrated and angry who does that hurt them or you both i'm talking about the the people oh, that drained yeah. you or you and your relationship me. with your husband me yeah it hurts you so you well, not taking care of yourself hurts mm -hmm. your relationship with your husband and all you had to do was say hey can you help me do this because I don't want to come home angry at you when it's yeah. not you that's hurting me? Well, uh, I'm going to give that's an example. Right there. It that's is. Right there. I'm going to give an example. So my grandpa died back in August. And it's actually two months yesterday that he died, which is crazy to think about. And they had an in-ground pool. And I think I told you this story, but I want to tell it on here a little bit. And that my gran my grandma died back in 2017. And now my grandpa just died five years later, pretty much four and a half years later. And so that house now that my grandparents lived in, I've always, we moved around a lot as a kid and for my whole life, but we've, we've always moved to different houses. I think the the house my parents are in now is the longest house that I've ever seen them in. And so my grandparents' house, both my mom's mom 
and technically dad, but he died a long time ago. And then my grandparents, my grandma, my Mimi and Papa, they, their houses have always been the most like stable homes in my life. They're all I've ever known mm-hmm. with, within my grandparents. I knew that however much shifting my life was as a child, my grandparents' house was always a safe place. And so mm-hmm. my grandpa and my grandma, I call them Mimi and Papa, but we'll just, whatever. We, they had an in-ground pool. They've had it since my dad was a kid. And it was, it's just been the best thing ever. I just loved going over there as a kid. Um, some of my best memories, it's where I learned how to swim. It's where I learned my love for the, for water and for diving and all of that. It was just a huge part of my life. And so now that he's passed, we have, we had to close the pool. So we had one last pool party at the end of August, early September, right after my grandpa died. And going into that home is hard for me because like he is not there and my grandma's not there. And that's something that I've had to, um, I'm working through right now. And it's just some material thing. But anyways, that day was the last day for the pool party. And I don't care. I'm just going to say it. Uh, somebody in my life, a very close, I don't know. Somebody in my life that is very close to me, my mom, <laughs> she had me on that same day come and pick up stuff that I left there from college at her house before I went over to my grandparents' house to swim in the pool for one last time for the rest of my life. It's the last time. And that, and I had a lot of stuff and I told my mom, I said, seriously, on the day that I'm already having a hard time and Andrew was home. And so I'm already emotional waking up knowing that this is the last time I'm ever going to swim in this pool ever. I'm ever going to, going to look at the back porch and see my grandma. Um, you know, critiquing our diving or giving us candy bars or any of that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't think I was going to get emotional on this podcast. So it was the last time I was ever going to feel that again. And so my mom wanted me to come over and get this stuff. Now everybody's dealing with this whole death thing their own way. Right. And sometimes how you do that is that you want to declutter your entire house because it distracts you. Well, it was too much for me that day. So she had me do that. And then we get to my grandpa's house and there are family members in my family who do not understand boundaries and have invited people over that are not our family (sighs) to this pool party. And everybody's like, what's wrong? What the frick do you mean? What's wrong? My grandpa just died. This is it. This is the last time. And so what I'm telling you is, is we went there. I bawled my eyes out in my grandpa's bathroom for 30 minutes because I could not. I just my emotional capacity was hit that day. It was done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was asked of too much. And there are people in our life who push those 
boundaries with you. And it doesn't matter how much they're going to get mad because if I would have said anything to certain family members that invited these people over who are not family on the last day I'm ever going to get to swim there, I would have told her how I really felt. It would have started an entire family war. If I would have told my mom how I really felt, she's very emotional at this moment now. So we could have gotten into a fight. And then everyone around me is so on edge because we're Italians, right? So we don't handle issues well. Like we blow up. Mm-hmm. Like you piss us off, like it's over. Like phew, fire. <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> Me, I'm trying to like dial it back some. I'm trying really mm-hmm. hard. But if you really push that, like my emotional capacity turns to anger. You overfill that emotional capacity, I get very angry. And so it, and then that anger just comes out and just crying and yelling and not understanding how to. So pretty much moral of the story is, is that my emotional capacity was already hit by 11 a.m. And I should have known and I should have not went. Yeah. And on top of that, too, like there are going to be people in your life. There's going to be family that don't understand it. They don't care the way that you feel because they only care about the way that they feel. I mean, they might not just be family. It could be friends. It could be people around you. They don't care. All they care about in that moment is how you, how they feel. And you can't control that. The only thing you can control is your emotional capacity. So if you know, like I told my husband, I was like, I don't even feel like I should go. And he's like, being the kind man he is. And he's like, let's just go. It's okay. You know, and then he's like, I'm already on edge. So I'm like saying these smart remarks, like, I don't even want to go this and that. And he's, you know, he's trying to be calm, but also like tired of my snarky attitude at the same time. And he's only home for a week and we're just getting into this fight. So do you see the spiral that is happening right now? Do you see it? My emotional capacity was done. It was over Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. I just, and on top of that, I was getting calls that morning from family members to go pick up my grandpa's because I asked for my grandpa's treadmill and they were wanting me to come pick up grandpa's treadmill that day. So I needed to go pick up garage sale stuff from my mom's house, go to my grandpa's, pick up a treadmill, and then also swim in the pool for the last time, surrounded by a bunch of people that are not my family. Yeah. That's a large story about me, but I'm just saying <laughs> the emotional capacity was hit. It was done. And I suffered for days after. Once your emotional capacity is hit, you are no longer a viable human to the people around you anymore. You're done. Mm -hmm. You've Mm -hmm. tapped out. It's like getting electrocuted and you need to go chill out. You get got to let the smoke fall off. Like, and if anybody touches you, anybody says anything, you're going to electrify again. Like you're just going to freak out. Mm -hmm. You got to, and it takes a while to come back down. Mm-hmm. So why we need to be frugal with our emotional capacity is we need to understand what our limit is and back off. I think personally what happens when somebody reaches their emotional capacity and goes past it is that you immediately go into fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. You Those ad- adrenals are on overload and it's a physical response. 
it's not just I'm going to cry and then I'll, I'll be fine. Like sometimes in movies are like, oh, she had a really hard day. She's reached her emotional capacity. She's going to watch a sad movie, cry, and then she'll wake up and feel better. Like you go into fight or flight mode. Your adrenals go into overload. Your stress is high. It causes physical body inflammation. Mm-hmm. And you are dealing with that like you just got hit by a truck and you are healing your body. It's not just emotions that you can tell to shut up. Like God no. made emotions and they are internally connected with everything. Well, think about how when Jesus did have, have those hitting his emotional capacities. What did he go and do? He went away and he prayed. Away from people. And unfortunately, when you start hitting that emotional capacity, like your like your tank is empty, like you no longer have any fuel to keep going. Mm-hmm. You have to go away. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can either expand the emotional capacity that you have by surrounding yourself more with people. I don't surround myself with people anymore who are toxic. I don't care if they're family. If you're going to be mean to me, if you're going to say things that are hurtful, then we're going to have those boundaries. Never says that I get rid of them out of my life. Some people do that. I don't feel like I'm at that step yet. Mm -hmm. But how you get, how you build that emotional capacity, even if it is your spouse, even if it is your best friend, you start stepping away from those people who are trying to decrease that. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of people in this world who manipulate you and want to control because they don't have any control over themselves. And I'm not trying to be hateful. And unintentionally. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like hateful. That's just, it's just the way of the world. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world, especially, I mean, I don't know if we ever have, to be honest with you. People always say times were good hundred years ago. Honestly, I don't want to live without modern medicine, especially having a baby. So I'm glad that my chances of surviving birth are now at 89% instead of 50%. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, it's never been good. This world has never been good. It's never been a good place. And it's full of people who just need love, but don't know how to accept it and don't know how to find it. Because mm-hmm. when you want love, you got to search for it. I mean, you don't have to with the Lord, but not everybody believes in the Lord. Everybody believes in God. You still have to want so. to search for the Lord. Yes. You, I oh, mean, personally, I, I fought yes. it for years yeah. and I didn't search. But as soon as I finally searched for it in the right place, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> so weird. <sighs> but, yeah. I feel like I went down one rabbit hole and there was another one I wanted to go down for a short time. But you don't like when it comes to being frugal with your emotional capacity, being aware, it's being aware of what you can and can't handle. And that's every day. Mm-hmm. If you wake up one day, you didn't sleep very well that night before. There ain't no amount of coffee that's going to make you feel good. I'm sorry. Nope. Never has worked for me in the past. So not saying you got to call off work, but you just say, usually call my friend on my way to work. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to listen to some 
jazz or hymns or listen to what the word has to say or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And also when you go over to people's houses, you know, if you know you don't want to be there for a while, tell your spouse that. Let them know this is what I can handle for this day. If somebody's coming over to your house, let them know ahead of time. I have to go somewhere by 6 o'clock p.m. So mm-hmm. when you get over here at 3.30, I'm going to have to leave by 6. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And it may be sort of a lie, but maybe you leaving is literally you leaving to go get some fresh air outside. You know, yep. I don't want anybody to lie on this podcast, but do what you have to do. I think that kind of leads into one of the things that I wanted to bring up to help you not drain yourself Yeah, is come up with like lines. So, and rehearse them in your head. Because sometimes when you are already super fried or you have a friend that you've always said yes to, you have always, always taken on her emotional or his emotional load on yourself to make them feel better, but you want to start moving away from that to take care of yourself, come up with a line, come up with a phrase. Hey, um, I'm sorry, but... I don't have the emotional capacity for this today. I love you and I will support you. And I know that you can get through this, even though we aren't able to have that this conversation today. I still love you. I still support you. But today I have to take care of myself. Something to that extent where you still, you believe in them, that they can do it without you so that you're not codependent. You love them you cherish their friendship and you will be able to have emotional capacity in the future, just not at that moment. And Mm -hmm. you say something of like, I really appreciate having your friendship and that you can give me this space too, just as I would give to you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing is teaching others to not be codependent because we are such a codependent society. Read the book codependency no more. It's phenomenal. Yeah, well, I mean, and even for me, I've always viewed myself as an independent person, but I didn't realize how codependent I was on other people's opinions Mm -hmm. to see if I had value. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you don't have to take on anybody's burdens if you don't want to. You know, and it if is you not wanna, a requirement of a friendship. No. And a relationship. honestly, like you were saying earlier, the your friends will understand. If they are true friends, they will understand where you're at and that what you can handle. But also your true friends are not gonna pour their entire life saga onto you. When if it's the same saga over and over again, it's the same sad old story over and over again, and they don't want to change. Like you were saying earlier, that Mm -hmm. is, you don't have to take that on. Nope. And I know that sounds really, and if you're that friend that's expecting your friend to take on and you don't want to change, like, I'm sorry, you just can't expect that. It's very common in relationships. 
Yes. And that kind of is the the mindset of this person is my missing piece. Like they complete me. It's a very codependent kind of, it can be very codependent, that mindset. Um, but I think that like personally, I used to use my relationship as therapy. Yeah. Instead of paying someone a lot of money because they deserve it to deal with all this bull crap. Um, I would put that on my relationship and I'd say, oh, well, you need to fix me. You need to listen to me. You're in a relationship with me. So that demands that, especially in relationships, being aware of the other person's emotional capacity and being kind with it is key. Because if you just think that just because they agreed to be your significant other, that that means that they have to take on all of your crap all the time, that is not healthy at all. And I had to learn that. I had to learn that me putting all my frustration on somebody else and all of my lack of emotional intelligence and, and anything on them isn't fair. There's some give and take just as in any relationship. But if you make that person's sole job to be the thing to take on all of your crap, it's never going to work. It's not going to work long term. No, no. And that doesn't mean that we don't put some things on, but it's like the same things over and over and over again. You know, like for me, I was... I'm the type of person who always likes to try something new all the time. And I put a lot of money into things. I'm always, I'm the course taker. I'm the buy the most expensive equipment. I'm the get it, get the big stuff. And, um, oh, that didn't make sense. But like, you know, just do go big or go home type of person. I've always been that person. And my husband who is just such a good man. I don't deserve him. Um, he is, you know, I'll tell him about, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. You know, he'll be like, okay. And I was like, well, why, why are you not hyping me up? Like, why are you not excited for me? You know, like I would expect him to be excited for me to do these things. I would expect Mm -hmm. him and his emotional capacity for one, he's a very simple man. He only does a few things at a time. And two, it came to the point where he was like, I want to support you and I do support you, but I just want you to find something and I want you to stick with it. And I don't want you to keep spending money right now. Listen, people, I've spent a lot of money on things. So the man, for the man to say that, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. we've hit our limit. Mm Mm-hmm. But his emotional capacity cannot handle my need to keep trying new things. I'm a very, what what's that, the shiny concept? What is it called? Like, when you get something brand new all the time? I don't know. What do you mean? I can't remember. Like, you buy something brand new all the time and you get like a high off of it? I understand the concept that you're saying. I don't yeah. know a certain like phrase of it. That it was like, it was like shiny syndrome or something like that. I don't know. We'll call it that. Yeah, shiny syndrome. (laughs) And for me, it's trying new things Mm -hmm. and doing new things all the time. That 
that fuels me. I and it, but it also drains me, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess with emotional capacity too, listen to what the people around you who truly love you are saying to you. If you're going to go to them and you're going to either vent to them or talk to them about things or ask them how they feel about this idea, also listen to what they have to say about you. And it may not be something that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear from my husband that I need to pick something <laughs> and love it. At the time that offended me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, He thinks I can't stick with something, but in reality, I can't. I have a problem. He was being honest with you. Yes, and you have to allow people to be honest with you. The only type of people who grow are the people who are able to accept criticism. And it doesn't mean negative criticism. Don't accept if people are like, you're a fat ugly person like don't accept that that's not criticism that's being cruel we don't accept cruelty we accept criticism and i mean april said things to me on here that i'm like i don't like that maybe not on this podcast but she said some things in my personal life where i'm like how dare you (laughs) but i kind of i think about it and i'm like she's right she's right and that's you do the same thing to me yeah, call me I'm out be- all the time for not. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad okay, thing. I'm no. saying it's a good thing, I'm and I'm saying that's how we've. I think that's how you and I have grown our emotional capacity is that we're able to accept said criticism mm-hmm. and go from there. We do it mid conversation too, where it's like, so I want to say something, and you might not take it well. <laughs> you say that to me all the time. <laughs> I do. I do. Mostly because I don't, I understand that my bluntness is not something that a lot of people are, is very, are very good at taking, internalizing, and, and or saying, April, your bluntness is wrong, or I don't want your bluntness right now. And I had to take, I had to learn that too, because it was, I'm very opinionated about certain things and I have no issue saying, nope, nope, I think you're being ridiculous or you're not doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then I had to turn around and be like, oh, I can be wrong in that, right? Yeah. So like having, it has to go both ways. You can't just like throw it on somebody and then Lex tells me about it and it makes me very, I'm still working on that. She's like honest with me about stuff. She like points stuff out and I'm just like, mm, mm. <laughs> so I'm going to go, which Lex understands too. She's like, and honestly, I've told her this so many times. I had a therapist, love her, Mary. She's amazing. Um, and she would just like mic drop things of like, I just want you to think about the fact that you have an unhealthy relationship with A, B, and C. And then the session would end. And I was like, ah! <laughs> But she also understood, and Lex understands that too, that it takes me time to emotionally process through something. Yeah, and, and that's, that I think that's another gift. point too, because once you, I can you hear all that? No. Oh, thank God. It sounds like World War Three above me right now because Marissa's just tearing apart her room. Anyways, I just texted her and I was like, 
Shut uh, up. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I like having my office right below her room has been really hard. But anyways, yeah. um, that's the other thing too, is for other people's emotional capacity. Some people take 24 hours. That's me to internalize things and process things. And I can process it really fast. Some people take weeks, months, weeks. Yeah. 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 And, and that's where grace comes in with that. Yes. And that's why it's just being like, why isn't this person changing? Well, they're not changing because it hasn't hit them yet. Like, you have to get to know. And the people around you, you just have to get to know and know them. While and be okay maintaining with them. your own boundaries. Yes. Though. Yeah. You don't well, have yeah. to accept someone being abusive because they haven't under they haven't completely conceptualized the idea of you setting a boundary. Like it takes time yes. after time after time after time to set a boundary and stick with it. And that's an exercise of yourself and that other person. Because if you're not allowing that person just to complain about the same thing over and over again, they're going to try again because Mm -hmm. they're used to you accepting their emotional load all the time without, without any backlash. So if you're going to set that new boundary, but you still want to maintain the friendship, Mm -hmm. it's going to take time. It's going to take time for them to actually internalize that you are setting this boundary and it's for sure. Yeah. And that's a good point. See, I was thinking of just like our friendship because like when I say things to you, you know, you take a little bit longer. Or when you say things to me, I'm like texting you that night at like midnight and I'm like, oh my God, it just hit me. Mm-hmm. Like blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're all different in that way. I think that's a good point to bring up though, because there are people in my life who sometimes you do have to say things over and over again, you know, the boundaries You're all human. over and over and over again. I have family members that I'm really close to and also have to really pray for at the same time because they Mm -hmm. drive me up a wall and they don't want to change and then they wonder why they don't see a change and I don't know it's just it's just I guess we could summarize this they're really hard yeah (laughs) yeah they are I guess we should just summarize all of this and just say, for one, get to know your emotional capacity for right now. Mm -hmm. From there, see how you can grow your emotional capacity, whether that's distancing yourself from some people. Oh, go ahead. I would say that there's one thing between those, though. What's that? So, like, take inventory of what you have, then take inventory of what is taking and giving from you within mm-hmm. your lifespan at that time and then budget yourself. And then yes. you can, cause if you're at a place that you have no emotional capacity at all, you're not going to be able to grow yours. Yes. You have to dial back on everything that you're giving or something that's draining you in order to have the intentionality to then say, I'm going to try and do this yes. to grow my emotional capacity. Yeah. And we talked a lot about people, but I guess I wanted to just slid this in here real quick while we're on this certain topic is the emotional capacity with online consumption. It drains. 
Just it often. drains you. It drains anybody, especially if you're trying to grow or especially if you're trying to build a business online. It drains you because you're just like, okay, the algorithm's changing again. Somebody just did something cool with this reel. This is the new trend, blah, blah, blah. I think standard people who just get on just to get on, it doesn't affect them as much. But I know for me, it can affect me. Like I just went on a literal social media hiatus for like a week and a half. Didn't even know I was going to be doing this. Yep. Here we go again with the burping. Um, <laughs> sorry, but just give yourself that break. You can only handle so much. As creators, we're also supposed to comment on other people's, you know, stuff because it's like you give more than you receive. Sometimes I I don't give in that way. And I should as a creator, but like if there's anybody else who's trying to become a creator right there out there, being online, everything you do, every choice that we make in our life, no matter what it is, it's always a sacrifice. And the sacrifice that I make when I choose to be online and scroll through people's things and comment on things and like people say only only it only takes 10 minutes. Well, sometimes it's doesn't take 10 minutes anymore because unfortunately Instagram just, I don't know, maybe if there's somebody can help me figure this out. Like I have a bunch of suggested accounts on my Mm. Instagram feed Mm -hmm. instead of the people I follow. Yeah. It's really, it's like the more I like somebody's certain things, the less I see of them. It's really weird. Mm. I don't know, but I guess with online consumption, just, do what you need to do. I can tell you right now, it's very hard for me to get on and like and comment other people's stuff, not because I don't want to, but sometimes one, it's hard to find. And two, I don't have time. Sometimes I just have enough time to post my Instagram reel, which takes me a half an hour to an hour to create. And that's the only time I have throughout the day mm-hmm. to be online. Yeah. So just be, just do what you can with your online consumption And, you know, if you find like April before has found herself, what, what do you always say? Like you feel when you're about to get off of social media, what is that feeling you get when I'm not jealousy? What is it? Comparison. Comparison. Yes. I kind of remember you start comparing, you know, that that's tapping out your emotional capacity. You're like, Mm -hmm. that's why you get off of social media. That's not everybody. But maybe even with online consumption, you turn off, this is what I do. This is why if you're on my Instagram or you're on my Facebook or anything and you don't hear from me for a few days (laughs) or weeks or months, I turn off all notifications on my phone. Mm -hmm. My emails, everything. Everything is off. The only thing that gets dinged are text messages or phone calls. That's Mm -hmm. it. Turn that off too. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know what I just did recently? Mm-hmm. I turned off my like count on Instagram. So oh, where it pops up and tells you like 54 people liked something mm-hmm. that you posted? Yep. Yep. So all you what see do you is mean? likes. You're dealing with like validating yourself instead of allowing the amount of likes <laughs> to validate you. <laughs> so that if you get over 100, you're like, oh, I feel good about myself. But if I only get two, I feel like the worst thing in the world. I, yeah, so it's, it's more of like, I no longer am believing that I'm doing something wrong. Explain. 
So when I make a reel and it only gets like 30 likes, I'm like, oh, people hated that. When at the mm. end of the day, they probably just didn't see it. It's probably not a promoted Instagram reel because Instagram likes to do that to you. Mm -hmm. Or it's just not something that they're interested in, you know? And a lot of those are like my podcasting ones. When I post mm -hmm. about my podcast, like a snippet from the women podcast, those get the least amount of likes. And I'm like, why am I even posting these? Well, because people need to know about the podcast, Alexa. So, and then I start comparing myself about how I don't have in-person interviews and, you know, I'm not videotaping these in-person interviews and blah, 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 blah. So I just, my friend told me about this whole turning off the likes and I was like, yeah, wow, bye, see you later. <laughs> so I turned it off and it's been the best thing, but yeah, all that to say, just if you feel like the online world is pushing it for you, take a step back. It's okay. I can mm -hmm. promise you people don't miss you as much as you think they do. And that's a good thing. It, you know, I just made a reel the other day. You're going to be shocked. Yeah. I literally said on there that maybe not, but I said, I don't want to focus on growing my following right now. Cause I had this epiphany last week when I was trying to figure out what exactly either God wants me to do or if it's just me battling it or, you know, whatever on these platforms, because I really love being online and I want to create. And I think what I, the work that I am doing now is so close to the work that I feel so aligned with mm -hmm. in my life and with God. And I just had this realization that thank God I don't have a hundred thousand followers because they probably would have all unfollowed me by now. I know it sounds so strange, but when mm -hmm. you're a high, when you're a bigger account, people expect you to show up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like think of all the accounts that are over a hundred K or over 75 K and you're like, you see them posting every single day. I can't do that. Not even just posting, but like on their stories. I can't do that. And I'm like, thank God I don't have a big following. Because I can't nurture that following right now. What? You're smiling. Because most of those people, that is their nine to five. It is they, nine to five. <laughs> that's, that's, but like, especially when you're that big and that is paying your bills, that's that true. is your nine to five. That is them yeah. working. So they are taking the emotional capacity that they had if they were working a full-time job and just mm -hmm. transferring it over to social media. Yeah. And I, I truly believe the only way you can survive actually making all your money off social media is if you have very, you're very, very good at boundaries. You're yeah. very, very good at saying, I'm not going to spend more than my nine to five doing this. And then I'm going mm -hmm. to go do something else. I think yeah. that success comes with boundaries it's directly linked yes and especially with social media and online presence because you can do it 24 7 no one yep. talks about like people are saying oh decreasing consumption like as the like consumer i guess but like 
a lot of people I think that have a healthy relationship with social media and one of the reasons I don't have a very I'm not doing social media really right now I might dabble at it in the future is that I don't have very good boundaries with it mm-hmm. I, I allow it to impact my emotional capacity so much yeah. because I, I'm not strong at that yet but if I yeah. was as I get stronger it's a tool Mm-hmm. It's a tool. It's a very, it's a tool that a lot of people have become extremely successful with. But the way you treat it, a lot of people treat social media like it is their nine to five. And then yeah. they're perfectly fine. They can mm-hmm. show up every day because that's their job. Yeah, It's not anything other than that. And that comes with practice, time, yeah. you know, in yeah. the beginning, in the beginning, for sure, though, like for me right now, I'm staying up late and working on things while after Amelia goes to bed. Yeah. And I know that's just for a time right now. Yeah. You know, but I think what you're saying is very true. Like if you want to be successful online or even like owning your own business in general, mm-hmm. you have to set boundaries. Yep. No, I cannot talk to you right now dear friend, I can talk to you tomorrow at this time. If that doesn't work, we can find something else this week that works for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, like with this whole consumption, um, emotional capacity thing. Sorry. A lot of people just want to do the here and now, especially with being online too. Somebody comments, you got to comment right away. Or if somebody mm-hmm. wants to vent, they need to call you right then and there because that's when they're feeling the most on fire and passionate. When a lot of people, the best thing for them, best thing for you as the person who's trying to help said person or said online community is for them to be able to take a step back and not need an immediate response. We have become a society that needs immediate response, immediate validation right here Right now, I'm slamming my desk right now. And I don't know if you could hear it. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Okay. It was a little thump. Yeah. It's a cute little thump. It's me just preaching. Um, but the best thing for people is for them to not be immediately validated. It actually strengthens their ability to deal with things on their own. It's actually a gift to a lot of people. Codependency. They're being if codependent mother, upon you. Yeah. My mother said it for years and she still does it. As she said, I know that you can handle this. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. and that's honestly what people need. Like yeah. it's not her responsibility to fix it for you. And she is yeah. there and she supports you and she said, I know you can do this. I know you can handle this. That and is it, the best thing you can tell someone without taking the the burden off them so that now they are completely incapable of doing it without you. Yeah. And sometimes that feels like a knife in the back, but actually the person is pulling the knife out of your back. Oh, it's not when it comes out. All. It still hurts. Yes. It still hurts. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the only way that that wound is going to heal is by not depending on said knife to heal you. Do you realize that heal. God does that to the, us every day? Oh, all the time. The whole, the whole symbol of like, <laughs> I know. The whole thing of he doesn't give anything to you that you can't handle. That is literally God saying, 
like I know you can do this. Well, actually, I know you we're going to debunk it. that. That's actually a lie. I think. No, because God gives us more. The, lo- the world gives us more than we can handle because if God only gave us what we could handle, we would never rely on God. He. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's not in the Bible that a lot of people think, well, God only gives you so much that you can handle. I can tell you right now. You can handle it. If I lost my child, I could not handle it by myself. I would probably want to kill myself. That sounds really aggressive. I should should preface that (laughs) you can handle it with him. Yes. Not alone from him. Yeah. That was like in the subconscious aspect of my brain, but not in the words that came out of my mouth. No, you're like (laughs) it's, it's, It's literally God being like, we got this. Yeah. Well, the thing, and that's the only thing that we should be for people who are believers in Christ. That's the only thing that we should be codependent upon is God. That's it. Everyone else in this world, they're, they're just as emotionally incapable of handling your situation as you are. Let's be honest. Nobody's meant to hold everybody else's trials because we all have our own trials. It may look like somebody's got an easier life, but that's not true. And honestly, you have no idea how that person, what that person did to get there. Mm-hmm. Just because I look like I can handle things a little bit more emotionally doesn't mean I didn't go through hell to get there. Doesn't they mean I wasn't burned in the past. For some reason. Yeah. And like it's everyone because- looks back at their life and they're like, I can handle this now. But two years ago, me would have crumbled. Oh, everyone yeah. has that. Why do we think that older people are so wise? They've been through because the they've crap. already been through it. They've already been through it. They've already went through those waters. And now they know the best way to handle some situations is to not react. Don't react. Ooh. Don't react to that person. Don't react to that thing. Just sit back and chill out. And you're like, Grandpa, there's a tornado in the backyard. Why are you not downstairs? I've seen them a thousand times before, you know, like I'm serious. Like they just, they're so chill. They're so, they don't care. I mean, it's not that they don't care. It's just, they know that for one, if it's going to take you out, it's going to take you. Mm -hmm. It's coming. You can't stop death. You can't stop. You can't stop things. You can't stop pain. You just can't stop it. I mean, if a drunk driver is coming, it, they're coming and the car is going to keep hitting you. No matter if you saw it or not, you have like 0.2 seconds to stop the car. You have know? you heard the definition of patience of like, are you lo- patience is long suffering? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is the definition of patience. Cause I don't have any. <laughs> it's, <laughs> me too. It's the older generation. <laughs> like the younger generation wants to, wants instant higher emotional capacity they want to be able to deal with really hard stuff instantly without going through the long suffering in order to build it but that's why older people have more of it is because they simply have gone through they sit through things Mm -hmm. they face things instead of running away from them yeah and they understand that no 
no amount of growth, whether it's physical or emotional, comes without pain. You break a bone and your body has to heal it, which is growth, it hurts. Mm -hmm. You need to deal with a loss, you're grieving, and you're growing through the grieving, it hurts. The Mm -hmm. longer you avoid the pain that comes with becoming more emotionally capable, the the least amount of growth that you're going to have along with the pain. Like, I know I'm going to go through the pain. I just need some growth through it. I've accepted that as painful. Everything is painful. Pain is a message that you are growing, mm-hmm. changing. Yeah. So, like, the longer you run away from the pain, the least amount of growth. If you're going to be in the pain, at least grow. At least yeah. face it and be like, all right, I know nothing. Teach me, Lord. This is not what society does these days. No. These people are just so... Avoid. Oh, my Lord. Spin we move. Just, Avoid. Like, yeah. <laughs> or we just, like, blame it on others. You know, a victim. Well, you know, that's a whole nother topic for a different day. But I guess Lord. in the... Through it all, like, that's how you get your calloused hands. Yep. That's how you get, like your sons i don't know like you just keep going through the pain you know people it's also always... how you enjoy life mm-hmm. you when just you realize gotta... how horrible yeah. how the horrible crap you went through you are yeah. so great i am so grateful for a running water hot shower in my house yep because mm-hmm. i lived with cold well water outdoor showers for two months mm-hmm. i went through that pain yep. and now i appreciate what i have more yep And when it comes to the emotional capacity and you just taking that seriously, you're going to be able to enjoy life more instead of being a ball of anxiety Yep. and worrying about every step you take. Or avoiding things in your life just because it may come with extra emotional capacity. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that refuse to get into serious relationships because they are unable to deal with the fact that that any relationship calls for a higher emotional capacity mm-hmm. that you have to grow through, which causes pain. Yeah. There's a lot of people that do like the, oh, I can't make it past three months in a relationship because mm-hmm. you're unwilling to deal with pain and growth. It's mm-hmm. not always because this person is horrible and abusive. You have to be intentional about that work that comes with it. And I and think it's deal because with it. of the past, like what they've went through in the past with people. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. if you're not willing to try to work through and expand that, then you're not going to be able to handle it. And if you also keep throwing yourself down the same rabbit hole of, this is not even just with relationships. This is just in general. If you keep hurting yourself in different ways, like being late or not organizing your time or always answering the phone call for people or Going over to every, we talked about this last week with events and activities, going over to every single stinking activity and event that your family has, or if you're always answering text messages right away, or, you know, I had to have a conversation with a friend the other day because she thought that, you know, it was that I was upset with her about something Mm -hmm. when it came to texting. And I said, I literally said, no, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I am sad. I am very sad with some things going on in my life. And texting back is a lot of work for me. 
right now. If you would like to call me, that is fine. But texting is too much for me. And it was just my limit. And those people are either going to understand or they're not going to understand. And how they don't understand is by telling you that you have too much on your plate. You have too much going on. Do you know why? Why? Because they're saying that you need to take other things off of your plate in order to give them more. Exactly. Exactly. Which is totally unfair. Yeah. If you have things that on your that you literally can't, but they're being selfish and saying you mm-hmm. need to put other things off because I'm more important than this A, B, and C. Yeah. And sometimes they do they don't even know. Like specifically with me. Yeah. Most of the time, Lex doesn't know the whole thing. That's why she keeps on asking. Is like she, she checks in me. Che- she checks in on me multiple times yeah. because it takes a lot for me to actually talk about what's actually on my plate. Yeah. And some people can just blurt it out, and some people can't. But yeah. that's you assuming that the things that are on their plate, they can take off. Yeah. Some things you can't. Well, and you're some prioritizing people... yourself over that, and that is gross. Yeah. And especially that's a whole nother thing because know, right? people no seriously, because people think like there are some things you can't take off your plate. Mm-hmm. And technically there are some things you can take off your plate. Like people think that my things that I'm doing online mm-hmm. and podcasting are something I can take off my plate. Mm-hmm. Am I making a straightforward income right now from it? No but it's also something that I committed to. That's, it doesn't even have to be with, this is the one thing is people think that when you start, you know what, let's just be honest. If you got a hobby that you like, if you like to go knitting with the grandmas on Tuesday evening and people think you can take that off of your plate. I'm snapping. No, it's not okay. No, because that's time for me. What are you talking? I want to do. What are are you talking about? Obviously, (laughs) your friend venting to you is way more important than you taking care of yourself. Exactly. You having emotional capacity for everyone else is way more important than you having emotional capacity for yourself. And little do people know that I'm going to get real honest here, that everything that I do with podcasting, YouTube soon, all of that. That helps me stay afloat while my husband is not here. Yep. Because said people who don't understand this kind of lifestyle that we live are the same people who will not be able to be there for me when I need them because they've got their own life. They will say no to creating space to you, but will demand that you create space for them. Oh my gosh. Quote it. Put it on a calendar. I l- yes, that <laughs> right is what itself. it boils down to. It does. It does. <sighs> and like you just, you have to realize what is important to you, what's important to your life, raising your children, your spouse, or building your home, building your farm, or going to work, or going to the gym. You prioritize what's important to you. Do your not let health. other people. Yes, for your own mental health. We all have an emotional capacity and sometimes we can increase that emotional capacity just by being able to have time for the things that we love to do and that fill fuel us and fill us up. Yep. 
Don't let other people dictate that. So I don't know. We could go so many different ways. With we got to stop. It's been an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I but, knew this one was going to be a good one. I want to <laughs> listen back. I'm I'm literally going to send this you, to my mother in specific. Do you and be like, mom, this? look at me go. <laughs> do you want to edit this one for me, please? Oh, we're just going to put the music in the beginning and the end. Oh, okay. It's fine. What's I want to get rid of, wait, I got to get rid of the city that I live in. Yes. Yes. I will get that one out. <laughs> I think that was yes. an hour and 14 or. Something. Yeah, I'll find it. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, but I, I hope this conversation has helped all of you realize that you don't have to take on everybody else's trials and you yourself need to figure out where your emotional capacity is. If you want to grow your emotional capacity, Start getting rid of the things that decrease it. Figure out what that is. And if it gives you anxiety to think about it, just take it as soon as you start feeling anxiety with something, write that down. What is it that you're having anxiety with? Write it down because that's that's decreasing that emotional capacity. If that person said something that was very triggering to you, you write that down. Mm -hmm. And it's not for you to keep a list of wrongs, okay? My husband always says, you know, he's a very forgiving man. He always says, do not keep a list of wrongs. It's not the list of wrongs. Okay. Don't hold grudges against people because that'll decrease your emotional capacity as well. Just figure out what triggers you and go from there. If you know this person, when they come over, is going to say something about your home or is going to say something about you or your animals, you have the choice to either not invite that person over or learn coping mechanisms. Like a one that I learned was when you're really stressed, tap your collarbone. Just keep tapping it really hard with your finger. Yep. Just keep tapping it and focusing on that. When somebody says something to you that is very irritating, just focus on I have a bruise on my collarbone. I know. <laughs> She's going to start throwing punches at her collarbone, breaks it, says that she went to the hospital with a broken collarbone. ends up in the hospital. <laughs> you said to tap it. I couldn't stop tapping it. Or, or if somebody says something to you that you don't like, get up, go to the bathroom, and take as long as in the bathroom as you need to and take a deep breath. And always remember... Just always remember this too, because we're talking about dealing with other people, that a lot of people portray their own insecurities on to you. If there is somebody who is confident in who they are, if they love who they are, and they don't need validation from anyone else, then they will not project their insecurities, their anxieties, or their pain on you. Okay. Snapping. On top of, what else? Are we missing with it? Because I'm trying to summarize everything. Keep your lines or come up with your lines. If you can come up with a come line to lines. get out of a bad date, you can come out. You can come up with a line to get away from somebody that's emotionally draining you. Exactly, and that's pretty much what we just what I just said. Just yep. Just come, oh okay, I gotta. Oh my gosh, you know, use your kid, use your mom, use your. I use my grandma down all the time. Oh, my grandma needs me. I gotta go. You know, she lives alone. Yep. Or I use my farm animals. Oh, it's getting dark. I got to go feed them. Yeah. Or your Bye. kid. Oh, it's past their bedtime. I got to go, you know, I gotta and pee. also always set those boundaries 
within yourself. Like if you know you're going over to somebody's house that triggers you, let your partner or the person you're with know, hey, I have a cutoff limit at this time. If something is said to me, then I'm going to need to leave earlier. If nothing is said, then I want to leave by this time. And they should respect you. And if they don't respect you, then that's a conversation for a different way. I don't know what else to tell you. Mm-hmm. You've got to find... We have the we have the choice to choose who comes into our life and who doesn't, especially the people that you marry and your friends. And people say people change, people do change, but we should be able to we should be able to tell them how we feel gently yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um and Overall, if you feel like you're hitting your emotional capacity with something before the day even breaks, like with my example, with going to my grandpa's house by 11 a.m., I had already hit it and I hadn't even walked over to his house yet or drove over to his house. Don't go. Don't do that to yourself because one, your children and your spouse do not need to see you have a literal panic attack anywhere. Two, Nobody else needs to see you have a panic attack. And three, you yourself do not deserve that panic attack. Yep. Not, it's not to benefit anyone else when I say that. It's just those people are already inconsiderate of your feelings and your time. And they don't need more to grab onto. And for you to be more ashamed of later on. Yep. Yep. So and along I think with I this, talked more just... than you did. I loved it. I loved it. Um, One last thing, and then I'll close this out, is be graceful to yourself when you are practicing forming more of an emotional capacity and or bringing yourself down to a point where, because you might be doing less for other people and that may upset people, be graceful to yourself. If you were trying for a whole week not to get past that emotional capacity line and you ended up doing it a couple times and then you're like, oh, I suck at this. That doesn't help the situation. Be graceful with yourself and move past it. One of the best things that I did when learning to have more emotional capacity for something other than set boundaries that I'm still learning is to not be too hard on myself when I fail because that doesn't help anyone or anything. Just Give yourself the grace you need to get back up to good standing with yourself and then try again. Just keep on trying. Everything comes with time and trying again. So be nice to yourself. Yeah. Just like you're saying, give yourself grace and just start taking care of you so then you can. Sometimes you have to take that time to take care of you so then in the long run you can take care of others. So I like this it. was a good one. You did great today, Lex. I'm really wow, proud of you. thanks. I'm really proud of you. You did good. I didn't mean to cry, but man, that was, as you can it's see, that was season. pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah. I cry oh over everything. But, this topic okay. has been specifically, that topic's been pretty tough for you. So I'm not I think it's been tough on really both of us because thing. we have people in our life who just don't know how to stop. I'm talking about specifically your grandpa. Oh. That's been a really hard thing in this season. Yeah. 
it's a it's a chapter of my life that is completely closing mm-hmm. and yeah it's hard the only the only way i can turn back to it is through photos and memories mm-hmm. so but yeah i think in both of our lives we're just i guess this is why they say 20s aren't the best <laughs> because i think because we're 20 something years old there's a lot of people in our life who think that they know and they do know but you can gently let us know. You know, they you can say 30 is the best. So yeah. you can only go up from here. I'm hoping so. So, like, you know, with opinions and stuff, like just just be gentle with us. We're learning. Yeah. We're not, we're not like we were saying earlier. We're in chapter two while they're in chapter 12. Mm-hmm. My house ain't gonna look like did their house look like this? Beverly in Hills. Did it? No. I don't know. I can't remember. I was not really. No, I mean, just like ask them of that. Yeah. Of like, were you perfect at 20? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Cool. It'll look like Beverly failure. Hills one day, but right now it's the redneck of Beverly Hills. So. I'm probably always going to look redneck. <laughs> I kind of like it. Like, you know how they always say, oh, grandparents always have a nicely finished lawn because they they have the time now. Mm-hmm. They have said time. They literally <laughs> did everything else. I know. And they it's probably else to do. <laughs> yeah. And they probably had smaller yards than what we have. So seriously, go out in my forest <laughs> and cut down my trees and then we'll talk so I can build a paddock for my sheep and my cow. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to close this off because we're breaching two hours. Um, <laughs> I think this was an awesome last like full episode um i'm excited to kind of recap on everything next episode i think it's going to be fun i think this was one of my favorite seasons and i think it's so awesome that we even through this whole season we've gotten we've had ups and downs and i'm really excited to talk about it next episode um thank you all for coming from the bottom of our hearts we really appreciate you guys actually coming and listening to us ramble and talk and we (laughs) our our biggest hope is that you get something from it we have Mm -hmm. no idea what people really get from it um we would love to hear if you guys do get something from it um dm us talk to us write a review whatever can you write Um, a nice one anybody (laughs) because we got some reviews on there that make no sense they're not even gonna bring that up next episode they're not even like good criticism reviews like if you listen to my podcast for five five minutes and you say i'd probably be bored too i'm bored the first five minutes of every podcast let me tell you something if you're gonna comment and say you were bored within the first five minutes of the podcast you are a troll i'm sorry two two minutes of that was just the intro it's probably just her (laughs) (laughs) lex was very emotional we'll talk about it next episode (laughs) i'm just like how can our views be increasing but our reviews suck oh my gosh emotional gonna, capacity for i reading think i reviews. was going to bring that up today too but i didn't yeah, no we'll bring it funny. up next time okay right. um things please leave a nice review if you actually like us thank you if you don't like us just tell us on instagram <laughs> so my <laughs> i'm sorry i don't have emotional capacity to read your negative reviews <laughs> We're still posting, even if you don't like us. (laughs) You can feel free to negate me from your emotional load of that. See, April's really good with that. Like when it comes to reviews, she's like, I don't care. 
And I'm over here like, I am they going to melt. <laughs> literally in the review, they were like, uh, the one with the haunting cabin sounds like she doesn't want to be there. And I was like, I probably didn't that day. <laughs> when you were saying that's what it was going to be because you were saying how blunt you were and I was like yeah that's what was said in the reviews and like that's just who you are like okay then I don't want you here well, listening to the podcast because this is who April is and I love her and she's or fun. you can stay and listen if you don't and you don't write a negative review that benefits us and if you stay and listen then we still get a benefit so <laughs> hi <laughs> My name's April and I live in a hunting cabin and I don't want to be here. (laughs) I can take criticism. I cannot take mean comments, but all right. You aren't good with criticism when it's online because there's no face to back up that criticism. Well, yeah, because it's like say it to my face. Yeah, you're good with person to person. Yeah, you're not good at this whole behind the screen thing. No, because and I'm just like being... that's hilarious. They spent energy over... on that. <laughs> I don't because I'm over here best. like I'm like texting you. I'm like April. It's probably somebody from college who hates us. <laughs> she's she's trying to she's trying to figure out who. And I'm like, girl, she's trying like to tear. Well, the comments were like the same comment. I'm like, I know this person's making multiple accounts and saying the same. I think it was crap. the same person. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so dumb. But anyways, we'll talk about it, it next funny. week. <laughs> so leave us a review if you actually like us because we love all of you <laughs> and uh, have a nice week glad. Have a this is almost week. two hours I know congratulations if you made it this far <laughs> uh, you're probably as delirious as we are yeah yeah and we'll see you next week have a great bye <laughs> bye <laughs>